Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. My name is Alan Aguirre, and today we are here to talk about the challenge, Ride or Dies, Episode 3. I'm joined by my lovely co-host. We have the Southern Luke Muncy. What's up, guys? The Vermontian Zoe Tromboli. Hi, everyone. Another episode of Ride or Dies, and I thought we had a great elimination, and overall, a really solid episode of TV. I would agree. I'm pleased so far. Keep it rolling. Keep it up, MTV. Music's still good, too. Like, I think that will be a theme for the whole season, which I'm excited about. Um, but I, I like this cast. I like that they are not living in a dungeon. I like that we've got some hookups and some drama. Uh, it's a good mix. <laughs> yeah, and we jump right into it. Uh, we get the aftermath of last week. We have Jordan, who's appeared. Everyone's shocked. Oh, my God, it's Jordan. And then who's his ride or die going to be? It is his frenemy, which very light on the friend part, Anissa. They are they are such good friends that they couldn't even find a photo of them being casually friends together. They had to take a cropped out photo of them standing next to each other at a thirty at a dirty thirty press event where they just happen to be standing next to each other with ten other people, and they're just like, okay, crop them out. That's the only photo they have where they don't hate each other. And this whole redemption campaign for Jordan is. Interesting to me, we saw it on All Stars 3. Him and Naya are such good friends again, which I know they are, but he has been forgiven. He is he is a good person now. And Anissa said, we're frenemies, but I'm just so proud of his personal growth. Did they say you can keep the podcast if you say that, Anissa? Yeah, it was pushed a little in the challenge documentary, too. Um, and I do, like, I get why production loves Jordan. He is great at everything he's a great competitor he does bring drama he has had many relationships on the show and he in many ways is a great example for people with disabilities I think that that is something that he takes very seriously I do think Jordan has grown like I don't want to discount that people like can change and grow because I do think that he has changed definitely since his real world season but I also know that we're seeing a very edited version of him on TV. So I don't know how much of it is he's no longer calling women swamp donkeys or they're just not showing it. Right. And I believe he's grown as well. But it's it's almost to me like, why does he get the platform to show this growth when so many people from the past who have just been blacklisted cannot come back, cannot show personal growth? Yeah, particularly women. That seems to happen to more than the male cast members. And what's up for me is, like, for a long time, I was a guy who would be, like, a Jordan-type defender where, like, I always thought he was, even, like, through all the bad stuff, I thought he, he was very consistent with his character, where now they're trying to, like, edit it and be like, oh, look at all this growth, look at all this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm not buying it because I always thought the guy was pretty solid. I mean, he was doing a lot of, like, COVID-type stuff where he was donating masks. Uh, he was giving resources out in the Ukraine uh, during during all that stuff. And, you know, what's always saying with the disability Type like, like Jordan's always been consistent. He just he's a dickhead to all people because he's built a certain way. He's, yeah. And Alan's stand Twitter is at Jordan Defender. <laughs> it, I, but it's like they, they show me this stuff and I'm like, I this makes me feel it's like disingenuous. I don't like I'm, I'm now backtracking once they show me like this whole angle of like, oh, he's a whole grown person. And like, I respect Jordan. I think he's great, but I don't, I don't like the way they're showing it. I think I, I have conflicting thoughts about this too so i think in some ways he 
because of his disability, he's just like so no nonsense, so no bullshit. Like, I don't want to hear your excuses. I don't want to hear like why things are hard for you. Like we all have stuff that's hard for us. I don't like, I'm not here for your, for you being a pussy. Like just stop. I also think like it's a good example of people are so much more than a snapshot of what we see on them on TV because every person is much more complicated and has more layers than we want to give them credit for, even the characters that we hate, you know? Great. And yeah, so Jordan's here, Anissa's here, best buddies, uh, and Tori's in a whirlwind because, I mean, she sees Jordan and the emotions come hitting her and then she sees her best friend there. And so... Yeah, she's been put in a blender. And I will say I, I sympathize for the girl because this was definitely a way to, like, make her have conflicted feelings anyway. Your best friend and your ex-fiance are together, so you have to work with them. There has to be interactions. So I feel like she's been put in a bad spot. And I think a lot of it, too, was I'm guessing production wanted Jordan and knew Tori and Devin were going to be in a power position this season. So, like, how do we make it so Tori doesn't try to get rid of Jordan? Oh, let's put him with her best friend. Mm-hmm. It really can fangle the politics. And then we see some politics where Jordan's getting the wrap-up from Bananas about what's going on. And Bananas explains, like, oh, Johnny took a shot at the vets. Uh, we took a shot back. And now we have a divide where it's, like, these three teams against everyone else. Uh, with some teams here in the middle. And Banana says, well, there's two teams. There's Fessy and Nelson. Mariah and Nelson and Nurice, where he's like, I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna rock the boat, but I would like to see them win a daily challenge, so they have to make a move. Um, and I think this is partially editing where they knew who was gonna win, and Bananas just wants to look smarter as a whole. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that could that could have been added in after Fessy and Mariah won. Because... Well, and we talked about this episode whatever episode one where it was like let's take down the vets but yet nelson and fessy were not in the conversation and i think what it boils down to is that they have great off-season connections where hey we do party for you guys in los angeles any chance we get because we're unemployed and don't need to work on the show whereas like the older vets really aren't into that lifestyle and it it plays well for them yeah fessy is very close with jay nelson parties is with jay all the time and He's with those rookie people, so that's exactly what makes sense. But, yeah, they got put in a tough spot. Uh, We then see a scene with Fessy. Uh, He's talking with Casey, and this was very much a Casey was told by production, hey, ask him about this uh, moment where he's like, oh, hey, uh, I see you're going by Fessel now uh, on your jersey and everything, and TJ's calling you that. And Fessy says, like, Fessel, Fessy, he says, when I was, like, first coming on reality TV, when I was first, like, just blending into life, I let people call me Fessy because it was just easier. And I think that's very relatable for a lot of people because I, it's just hard to blend in sometimes when you have a name people maybe don't know, don't understand, especially when you're from a different culture like that. And now Fessy's like, well, I've been on four seasons. I'm going to be a main character every season I'm on. I'm a power player. You're going to learn my name. Yeah. He also said on Twitter that it was to promote his fitness app, which more power to him. But I think it's cool that he's doing this. We saw in Double Agents some more of Fessy's personal life. Um, where he could not eat during the day, he could not eat, he could only have water, and was part of a religious holiday that he was celebrating over the course of a long span. So I think that's cool. I just feel like he feels like he gets pigeonholed into being messy fessy, which 
we got to see again this episode. So he's trying to figure out where the line is of like, hey, how do I present myself as a person but not lose my credibility as a television character? And I think this is a good step. Yeah, I thought um, it was interesting that it means decision maker and that that came up so many times. <laughs> um, I, as he pointed out, that's not something that is one of his strong suits. So maybe it's a motivating factor. But uh, I also, I just went on like a thought spiral too. It's like, how many of us have things that our names mean that it doesn't mean jack shit to us? So it's like, Bessie, like you can still be you. You don't have to make decisions all the time because uh, just because your name's Fessel. But um, rooting for you to be able to do that. But I, not when it comes to ladies, I like seeing him be a little messy. Yeah, I mean, he does need to make better decisions in his wardrobe department. His his confessional looks have just been wild this season. Oh, like, yeah, it's it's like he got a Burlington Co Factory like gift card, and he's just like that's all he bought. That's like all he bought this entire summer. Um, but yeah, he is the decision maker. He's messy, fessy. He provides a service to the community for, you know, uh, they show a montage of the women, uh, who he's been a suit or two they show michelle getting in and out of his bed they show laurel cuddling up with him in his bed uh him pursuing annalise and colleen and the guy's really going for it and it's early in the season like this is this is very early and to have four people already lined up wild line me up i get it <laughs> when fessy first came on the show i was like hell fucking yeah like he's so sexy uh, which is why part, part of the reason his confessional looks are so disappointing, because all he needs to do is wear a T-shirt. Truly, it's all you need to do, Bessie. But um, I get it. And I don't blame a single one of those girls. If any woman was standing in his presence, give me a break. And I, I got to say, like, Giant Bananas felt so jealous when talking about Fessy and those women. Because, like, and people were like, oh, how could the seven-time champ be jealous of Fessy? Because even when Bananas was at his apex, the only women hooking up with him were rookies because they weren't disgusted by him. Because um, <laughs> they didn't know. Yeah. No, I mean, she was a rookie. She was a rookie. <laughs> you know, Angela, uh, Natalie, Camilla, like all their rookie seasons. That's like Bananas only goes after rookies for a reason. Morgan. Because they, they know what he's up to. Fessy has people from all walks of the realm, different countries, different like continents, all lining up vets, rookies, etc. The dude, I mean, the dude doesn't even have game. He's just that good looking. Yeah, that's all he needs. Whew. <laughs> the decision maker. <laughs> we then move in to the daily challenge. And it's a very simple daily challenge. Players have to grab a bunch of barrels, run them over to a checkpoint, then do it again and again and again until a finish line. It was not the most uh, exciting day of the challenge, but it was simple. It was to the point, and it tested, and it showed who is, like, kind of basically the most in-shape teams. And I'm just thankful because, if I'm being honest, I forgot what the daily was, and I just watched it. I asked these two to, like, refresh my memory. I was just thankful that they did not drag this out over the span of 30 minutes. Like Alan said, it showcased a skill set. We saw it as viewers, and we moved right along. The only complaint, which Alan said before this, this isn't my credit, but I agree, is that it was done in heats. Something like this could be done in totality so we could see a true winner because it's not lost on any of us that production could totally say, 
hey, the winner of this heat won the entire thing if they think it's going to make for a great episode, which is probably why they do it in two heats. But for the viewer, it's like, uh, do better. Yeah, I will say, though, watching Bessie and Mariah, their pace did look consistently faster through the whole thing. Like, Mariah never gassed out, where I feel like Raven and Olivia gassed out at a certain point. Like, they powered through it, and they still did awesome. But I I felt like they won just on a hunch. But I totally agree. This should have been done in one giant heat. It was just boring. It was boring. <laughs> I do think there was like maybe the hope of doing it in two heats means that less people would give up. Because I do think even in this heat, we saw like teams like Bananas and Nani, Tori and Devin, who would probably have good endurance, probably be a strong team. But once they saw they were behind a bit, they're like, okay, we could kind of coast it in. We're not going to necessarily give up, or we're not going to give 110% in this daily. Um, I think that's part of it too. Uh, the first heat, as you said, Fessy and Mariah, they killed it. They crushed it. I, I never saw them really walking ever. They were always at least at a jogging pace, which was very impressive. It's in part because, I mean, Mariah, I mean, she's a beast. I mean, Fessy brought her in just to literally be, like, the antithesis of Anissa, someone who is always down to run, always down to do whatever, and just is is just, like, ready to run a final. Anissa's not ready to run a final? No, I mean, Anissa hasn't run a final in 13 years. Anissa's not ready to run a block, guys. And before anyone says, oh, Anissa ran the All-Stars 1 final, I didn't see much running in that final. I can't say she ran that final. And what final, or what was it right before the final where she couldn't even run half a mile? Two laps around a track? Double agents, right? Yeah. So I'm not trying to be, like, you know, lie or anything. I'm just pointing out facts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Fessy and Mariah kill it. Nelson and Maurice come in second, and they were actually pretty solid. Nelson was, like, I mean, this was Nelson's dream because it had no critical thinking skills. He just had to run and carry stuff. That's like his dream daily challenge. If every daily challenge was that, Nelson would do like well. And even at one point, he was just carrying the barrel, the barrel solo as, as Nerese ran behind him. Well, Nerese is a tiny girl. Like that's hard for her. She is not like one of these CrossFit queens. She's a model. Like she's- I, I do think she did well. And I gotta say like, I was impressed by her. I think the car, I think her and both Amber B as we saw on Double Agents, like there's like the stigma towards models, but like there's a difference between an Instagram influencer and people who work in commercials and have to do all these fittings and stuff like that, where they have to keep their body in pristine shape because they're going from set to set to set and have to fit in all this different size zero type outfits they have. And so they're doing intense amounts of cardio to keep their body in shape because that is their profession versus people who just post on Instagram. And I will say yeah, I will say that Nerese is probably functionally fit in the lens of a model, maybe not as like a normal human, but like she lifts weights in the gym, just not heavy weights because she yeah. can't really bulk up because that would affect her career. So, yeah. They did well. Uh, and then one team did really badly. And it was team Tommy. Bumble. Yep. Tommy and Annalise. And uh, it's because of Tommy. It's, 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 I mean, Annalise didn't do great, but. Tommy's just so tiny and they're like, Oh, we're team munchkin. And I'm like, you look at Annalise and she's like five, 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 six. And she's a former college athlete. She's obviously thin, but yeah, you she's put not her, like put her with a different guy. And it's a very different outcome. Also, Tommy has the smallest hands I've ever seen in my life. And it really makes me nervous when I look at them. They did her such a disservice by making 
that her partner because and I'm so tired of casting, putting people on here that they know are not going to ever win. Mark my words. Tommy is never going to win the challenge. It's going to be impossible for him. Sure, he's in great shape. Sure, he's probably got some strength and endurance. He's so tiny. It's just not going to be possible. As long as the show stays what it's become, which is like a battle of the fittest. Like, I think War of the Worlds 2 was the last season where someone average could have won because of the way it was structured. But even that, like with the puzzles and everything, it ended, ended up knocking a lot of people out. But, like, until they go back to, like, the Inferno and giant teams running finals together, they just don't have a shot. Well, we on World of Worlds 2, we saw two really average winners in Jordan and CT. <laughs> just kidding. But, I mean, D, strong girl, but, like, on an individual season, well, I don't know. She could have won Total Madness. Forget yeah, I good. said that. She was um, really good. Forget was- I said that. Forget I said that. Yeah, she was too good, actually. Like, surprisingly good. Yeah, Even the I, first season, World Worlds won, she won a ton. Um, but, yeah. Annalise isn't small, but the fact that, like, her, she has to be like, oh, we're so tiny as a team. It's like, you and Tommy's like, dude, you're just Leah Michelle with an ability to read. That's all I see when I see Tommy. Oh. Um, it's just, I can't I can't deal with him on my screen anymore. And he seems like a genuinely nice guy. I just can't deal with his antics, his characters. Yeah, it just, I'm, I'm done with him. Yeah, I don't like him. He annoys me. He's just too much. And I mean, some people like him and good for them, but he's not my cup of tea. He's such a big brother character. He's just so like he was built for big brother and then nothing like no, he should have never transitioned on this show. But he, that's what exactly what it is. He's a character like we were talking about over last week that we like authentic personalities like we we like real people and he doesn't feel like a real person. Yeah, let's move on from him because we have yeah. to talk about him later at some point, unfortunately. Uh, we then have the other heat, which was the two rookie pairs, Horacio and Olivia and Johnny and Raven, just absolutely murdering it, going back and forth, swapping the lead. And in the end, Johnny and Raven took the win. It was an impressive showing by both teams, though. Yeah, it's really fun to see a rookie class that is kind of stacked for the most part. Really impressed. Yeah, there's not, other than the Oompa Loompas, there is not, oh, and they're only weak because of Tommy. Like, Annalise is not weak. Tommy's weak. The rookies are pretty solid. Um, I loved, I, I, so I've been holding my opinions back on Olivia. I did feel very endeared to her when she was running with Horacio and she was so gassed out. She started making those, like, gasping sounds. Because been there, done that, girlfriend. I get it. Like, when you're running with someone who's pushing your pace to a point where, like, you can't really do it, but you're doing it anyway. Um, And she's, like, literally going, "Ah, ah, ah." I "I get it. So that made me like her. I related to her a little bit there. She's so good. Like, she's, like, barely, like, she's tapping into her potential, really, because she's, like, you know, cardio's never been my jam is what she says. And I'm, like, it's not, it's probably not what you're good at but you're just so naturally athletic that you're better than most of these people. And it's just like, she's very clearly like, she's going to be awesome at a lot of things. And Horacio is awesome. And yeah, shouts to Giant Raven for really killing that as well. Cause like, I mean, I think that first week we, we throw out a lot of days like, Oh, you guys, you know, connected some things together. It's like, they're, they're athletic. Yeah. They're in good shape. And it was a challenge that they did not have to really do anything to communicate or be on the same page. They just had to keep up with each other, which was perfect for them based on the 
vibes that are going around with between the two of them right now. Not great. Not great vibes. Uh, Fessy and Mariah, though, they get the overall win, which is good for them. Mariah is so excited. Fessy's face is like, ooh, I didn't think that through. Yeah, he was sitting pretty, as they said earlier, but it's almost like Johnny Bananas and, like, predicted that. And it wouldn't be a shock to me if I found out that scene with him and Jordan was filmed after the fact. But still, I think it's cool because for me as a viewer, I was like, well, who will he put in? So I think it was a cool person to win or a cool grouping to win. Yeah, and we got to see Mariah for the first time, really. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, so when I saw Mariah, I thought like, oh, she's like a more, she's like a Jenny West type. Because her body was just so specific. She like all her profile, which is all these very like heavy, intense workouts, like fitness was her entire life. And you watch her talk on screen and like you get why why she had not been cast on a reality TV show before this. Yeah. And God love her. She's put on Twitter like, I'm going to come into my own like you're going to see. And I hope she does. But like the camera's on and confessional and she's definitely like, I tried my best. I love Fessy. <laughs> like. Okay, give us something else. She's, she's so excited. She's like, oh, Fessy's the greatest partner ever. And, like, Fessy's just, like, keep running. It's like, that's... <laughs> They're very much the same in that way. Like, Fessy doesn't give Sparks to the camera. Sparks come to Fessy. Yeah. He's really, like, Spark collector. But he's not, like, giving off a lot of personality or anything. Neither does she. But they're both pretty. They're both fit. Like, let's give them a little time to hook up with people. And that's really all we need from them. I would agree. And, like, I'm not trying to, like, slander Mariah because, like, I came into this really wanting to love her. I was, like, so ready to be, like, a number one Mariah stand. And then she talked and I was, like, she said nothing. She just – but, like, she's excited. She's smiling. I, I like her I like her face. I like the way she looks. But it's just nothing – nothing – no words there moved me. I feel like I can't put this into, like, a, a Twitter clip, like, oh, everyone stand Mariah. It's, like, she said nothing. I think if they last – long into this game we'll get to see more of her i think it's easy right now to hide behind some of the bigger personalities which honestly great strategy she shouldn't be coming out of the gates like hey i'm crazy because it's going to be easy for vets to be like oh throw fessy in i think she just might be boring i just we'll think see i'm trying to give the girl the benefit of the doubt but you might be right I well and especially like you put her next to olivia put her next to narice even like raven is coming off a little crazy but like she's boring comparatively <laughs> Yeah, I would agree. We're gonna talk about Raven in a minute. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't. We'll we'll get there. I'll I'll hold back for a second. <laughs> <laughs> they get to the nominations and they're talking about what team should go up. And Fessy's like, okay, well, I think we got to put up Johnny and Horacio because if we don't, people will get really pissed at us. And then we're also going to throw in the teams we have no connections to because we don't want to put all the eggs on that basket. Uh, and also, like, we're close with Jay and people like that, so we're not going to throw him in. So they put up Annalise and Tommy because they performed badly. And Colleen and Kim because they just don't have any connections to them, even though he's pursuing both those girls. Did either of you think it was weird that Amber and Chauncey didn't catch, catch a stray here? Because he and Amber have such a weird history. I do. Amber was not visible this episode. I feel like there had to have been some preseason thing between them where it was like, hey, we've beat the last two seasons and it's not worked out well for either of us. Let's just not. And I think, too, I think he made the best decision because I think decision maker Fessy, 
even though he was hooking up with half the girls that were nominated and two of them were Big Brother, he loses nothing if Tommy and Annalise go home. And with Colleen and Kim, I know he wants to get in her pants, but like if they leave, no vet's going to be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you got rid of them. Whereas if he did that to Amber, it might be the whole situation again of Casey and Nani perhaps being like, hey, like she's a number. Why are we doing this? I don't know. I hadn't considered it because I didn't even think of her as on the season because I didn't see her this episode. Yeah, we only see her when she's twerking on Chauncey at the club. That's like literally it. I was also confused, Zoe, but I do think like had he nominated her, just knowing their relationship, it probably would have spiraled into him actually throwing her into elimination. Versus, like, if he just doesn't do it, he could stay on a path of, like, game-related decisions versus that taking over his entire game, and then everything else gets messy. Instead, I think he was just like, all right, I'm going to put in Johnny regardless because that's what the house wants. I want him to win again to see him have to put Amber in because I want that to blow up at some point. Well, and and perhaps, big perhaps here, he's smart enough to know, like, hey, Amber and Shanti might win a daily if I don't throw her in. You know, if she throws me and I can make a scene about it and say, hey, I didn't do this to you. Are we not remending? Are we not repairing? So who knows? They have their interrogation scenes. Uh, they're all over the place. Uh, Horacio and Olivia are just very kind politicians, very like, oh, we get it. Um, very diplomatic about it. But like, you know, if this happens, we'll try and look out for each other type stuff. And I don't I see I tried to piece this together in my brain. Would it be better for them to be like, this is stupid, we've been in last week, this isn't fair? Or should they just play like, we get it, it's part of your game, as to not rock the boat? Either way, they're probably gonna be thrown in time and time again just based on how it's going. So why not be genial? I don't know. I, I like the way they're playing this. Yeah, I think it's a lose-lose. Like I I do think there's they're becoming the easy team to nominate because they are a threat, because they're rookies, be- and because they don't get pissed off about it. But I, like you said, if they may had a bigger reaction, I think it would only make things worse. And you can also tell a bit the difference between, like, Johnny, who when it goes into this a bit more combative, and the way pe- pe- nobody really talks about Johnny in this house as being a top guy, uh, like they are Horacio. Um, and it, it, a lot of it comes down to how you treat other people, where Johnny's just been so steadfast and like oh we got to take down the bets oh uh, like i'm going to come back from this elimination uh we're going to you know make moves versus like just being a good just being friendly and horacio's emphasis is like on performing for himself and within his team it's not like i need to be johnny bananas or i need to be jordan it's just i need to do my best and if you've got people like Olivia and Horacio who, yes, they're rookies, they've got to go at some point in the eyes of the vets, but they're being nice to you and fun and they're cool to drink with, I'd rather keep them around as opposed to uh, Johnny and Raven. The drama's kind of played out. Johnny's going to for sure target the vets, so they're a clear choice to me. Colleen and Kim are like two of my favorite people on the planet. They feel like they, they legitimately feel like two tourists who randomly ended up in the house. Like, they were just in the airport at the same time, and they somehow got on the plane into the Challenge House. And especially because we don't have any other international players this season, now that Turbo's out, because Nam's gone immediately. It's not like those seasons where we had half Americans, half, you know, international. They're, they're the only two, so they just feel so out of place. But they're just smiling and being like, yeah, you know, like, if you want to do this, you don't want to do this, I get it for your game. And they're just so, 
they're just so bizarre but i like them I like they them. are bizarre and i feel like they understand that this is a big opportunity to be on american tv and they're like hey <laughs> like we're just here until we're not and i appreciate that too because that like where as they stand now they are the bottom of the totem pole as far as like being able to be recognized and who vets probably care about but might as well hang out and colleen might as well keep getting in the hot tub with fessy yeah, I mean, I think they're one of the layup teams for sure. But Colleen's cute. She's bubbly. Like, I enjoyed her scenes with Bessie this episode. Um, they can hang around for a little while. I don't think they're long for this show, but they're here for a good time. It's just every time they're on camera, I'm like, oh, hey, they're here. How how you guys doing? You guys need a snack? You need a glass of water? You sure you're on the house? Like, they just feel so out of place, but not in, like, a bad way. Yeah. Tommy and Annalise, woof, oh my god. Tommy's like, okay, when we come back from this game, I want us to work together. I want us to do this. I want us to be a pair like this. We are going to be big brother strong, et cetera, et cetera. And then Fessy's just trying to, like, not bust a laugh, like, because he's like, what's this guy saying? Like, I, if you're going into eliminations because you're a layup and you're not coming back, it was just bizarre. I'm really glad that this – it seems to me, and I could be wrong, but I think I'm correct. This is the first season where it's not like there's a big, big brother alliance. It's like we're big brother strong, like we're looking out for each other. Fessy is in the game. Casey's in the game. Amber B is in the game. They have their own friends. They don't have to rely off their base show to like form an alliance. They just have alliances naturally now. And is Tommy really somebody you need as an asset? No. He can't win. I there's nothing that they're gonna win. And if I end up being wrong about that, then I will own it. But I'm gonna I'm going to die on that hill for now. They can't win anything. And it's a good natural progression. I think one of my favorite moments, uh, I think one of my favorite Tori Deal moments is back on Dirty 30 when she pulled the double cross and then used it on Brittany Thornton. And and Tori's like, oh, Brittany's one of those people where it's like, oh, I'm already the one. You're already the, are you the one. We should be aligned. It's like, no, this is the challenge. And like, we've been here for multiple seasons now. It's just not the basis of why we should be aligned. We don't have any conversations. We're not friends. You're going into elimination. And that's what's happening here where, like, Tommy and Annalise, they missed the boat. They're a couple seasons late. They're just That's not a, you know, being from the same show doesn't mean you're aligned. I do think, again, if Annalise had a different partner, it could be a very different story. But she does not benefit any of those people at all with Tommy. Uh, instead, she's crying and Johnny Bananas is consoling her, which is just a terrible place to be in. Why do we think Johnny Bananas was consoling her? Do we have any theories on that? <laughs> the, probably the same reason we constantly see him touching Olivia's hands and like grabbing her shoulders. Yeah. We also saw him putting on chapstick in one of the most disturbing ways I've ever seen put someone put chapstick on in my life. Thank you, MTV, for that. He's that's, a menace. That stuck out to me in that scene more than anything else. So watching him put on chapstick, and I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? If you missed it, I don't know how you did, but go back and watch it because it's weird. We then leave the nominations. We get to the bar. Uh, people are dancing, not in case you're kissing. <laughs> Good stuff's happening on our screen. Uh, then Tommy and Annalise are like, okay, we got to make this as big brother as possible. We got to cut some deals. Uh, hey, Hor- Horacio, Olivia. Uh, no, no, actually, hey, Kim and Colleen. Uh, we're kind of, those two teams are so aligned. We should have each other's back. That makes sense to me. That makes perfect sense. 
And in this, we got to see their combined brain cell count is one. And that one brain cell belongs to Tommy. <laughs> if they had, if either one of them had had the same conversation, but in like a casual way, one-on-one with one of them, it would, it would have been very different and very understandable. Like if they had just been very casual about it, like who are you thinking of throwing in? If you pull the dagger, like just not be so big brother about the whole thing. They didn't have to put themselves in such a bad position because now they've made promises to two different teams and they cannot keep it. And Olivia and Horacio were really like, I, I was just watching you at the bar have the same conversation with the other team. No, no, no. We, we didn't make any deals. And I mean, Horacio and Olivia just accepted it because they're like, it just, it's easier to say yes to like their offer rather than like make us think about it. And it's just like, even if they do pull a dagger on you, it's like, okay, that means they're a rat because they very clearly made a deal with us. Yeah, unknowingly helping, like, the Vets Alliance also because Olivia and Horacio, if they cross them, they have such a good chance at winning a daily. And now Olivia and Horacio have their eyes set on Annalise and Tommy if they backstab them. Like, Bad move. And it's such a bad move because if you keep Horacio and Johnny in the game, it gives two shields before you have to go in. Um, versus, like, now they're just a very easy layup pick, especially as, like, Horacio and Olivia are blending into the game so well socially. Um, bad move. And at least look good, though. So, yeah, that's... I'm sorry. I, no, I just, I'm just saying that's about it. I, I was really... Like, I watched her Big Brother season, and unfortunately she she got the stupid edit but she had moments where she definitely like had a voice and made sense she'd start talking and i was like what are you saying like how was this i i'm i'm on like i would listen to her talk on big brother and i would lose brain cells i disliked her so much Mm. but then giant bananas i mean like albeit like weirdo he's like you know the the elimination could be who posts the best instagram content I don't follow many challenge people on social media. I just, like, it makes my life better. I follow Annalise because she's just that pretty. I'm sorry I do. Um, so Jai Menez was actually on point with that. <sighs> Are you saying she's making good t- content or she's just pretty? She's pretty. She's pretty. Yeah, she's, I, I, <laughs> I, you have to be smart to some extent to make good content or at least hardworking. But she's pretty. So, like, yeah, she has a good foundation for that kind of stuff. But. She's she's dull too, frankly. Yeah. Just she just shows more emotion than um but Mariah does. I was like, what's her name? I forgot. Then okay, we have Johnny and Raven really unraveling at the bar. Uh Raven really thought that she and Johnny were gonna be a couple on this season. I think that's because he told her they were gonna be a couple on this season. I know I said earlier that she was being crazy, but anytime I see a girl being crazy, I'm like, no, somebody made you that way. And I think that he got her on the show by just sending sweet nothings into her DMs. And I think that she was genuinely hurt by it. And she's been trying to be chill. And she had a couple drinks and she was like, no, you fucked me over. I think that he didn't want Trina as his partner, who he was supposed to be partnered with. The girl that was on uh, 
All-Star Shore with him, who was also from Love Island, would have been great TV. Although Raven has been as well. And I think that he told his agent, and his agent said, well, here's Raven. You know her. She loves the show. Great opportunity for her. But then I'm sure he did say, we can really play it up. And then in the airport, he said, oh, there's Norris. I'm horny. Like, I, this is my option here. The only reason I will say that Raven is crazy, and I'm I'm so seeing your point because you're still right about this. She can feel that way, but why on earth did she say in the beginning of this episode, hey, I'm chill. I'm not a girl that makes a scene. A direct quote, I'm not a girl that makes a scene. I'm so happy for you guys. Look them both in the face and said this. How did we get? Because she's not a chill girl, just like Michelle. And she was trying to be the chill girl because she didn't want to be the crazy girl. But a few drinks in, you can't keep the crazy locked away for that long if it's there. It comes out. That's true. People start dancing on roofs. Anyways. You're watching people like mingle and you're watching like sparks fly and you're watching him make out with Minerese and you're watching Horacio and Laurel like canoodle and Amber and her boyfriend and Casey and Nani. And you're just like, someone pay attention to me. Well, and I know that she has real feelings for him too, because she very easily could have said, Hey Nelson, I'll take you up on your offer. But she's like, no, I care about this person and I'm not going to just like settle for Nellie T because I'm not getting the attention. So I respect that. That's the, that's what I was amazed by. I'm sorry. That's like, you know, she's obviously like a model. She cares about her career. She could have just been like, all right, let me take this as an opportunity to like further myself as a character, get into a showman, do this, etc. And she's like, no, Johnny, you fucked me. You, you personally fucked me, Johnny. And well, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, and she, she was ready to die on that shield. It's crazy. Cause like these, some of these ride or die relationships are definitely not ride or die as we know. I will say that I will give Johnny some credit there. There was no way of winning that conversation or like going away in a good, positive manner, unless he would have said, you're right. You're all I want. Like real Nicholas Sparks type stuff. And that wasn't going to happen. Well, I think he was genuinely caught off guard by it too, which was funny. Cause I was like, that's how well they know each other. They clearly don't because I've been watching the show and reading between the lines and I'm like she's not actually cool with this she's just trying to be cool with this and he mm-hmm. was like oh she said it's cool so it's cool like it's like bro come on really is this also and this might have happened before in the episode but I do want to point it out if it did and if not that happened here whatever we see some more Laurel Horacio stuff Horacio stuff oh wait, wait. We, 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 we can't get to that yet we're, we're about to get to that we got to talk about the main event of the bar. Oh. Tor- Zoe, you want to take it away? Tori and Jordan. They uh, okay. break down the breakdown of their relationship. And we see a very genuine, very vulnerable, both of them. Actually, I was going to say Tori, but I think Jordan has some genuine tears coming from his eyes. And, um, Tori... I just, she was talking like someone that's been in therapy. Like, I was so impressed by her composure in while being so emotional and just explaining to her, explaining to Jordan why she's so uncomfortable with this. And he knew he was coming and she didn't know. So she didn't have any time to prepare and she's totally caught off guard and they haven't talked in a year and a half. I know that they've texted, but it's different seeing someone in person. And um, I think. 
what I gathered from it is that she was super depressed towards the end of their relationship and she was in a really dark place. And it like, if it really broke my heart when she apologized to him for what he, she put him through while, even while they were still together, she apologized to him for hooking up with Fessy two months after they broke up. But I think a big part of it was like, I'm sorry that I became a shell of myself, which like as someone that's like struggled heavily with depression and, you're fully aware that it's like weighing on the people around you in a way that you don't want it to. It was just a really raw, beautiful moment. And I know people can't stand the two of them, but like. It was a very mature response for both of them. And I'm going to give the crown to Tori here because she spoke to him in such a way that was not casting blame but also not making herself out to look like the bad guy either. Like I can take accountability for what I did, but I moved past that. So I'm not going to live in that, but I do apologize for how that time was for you. And uh, dare I say it, I'm, I'm not a Tory hater, but like, I'm definitely not like a praiser. She's, she's laying the groundwork for me to really be on her side. It was such a realistic moment. I mean, like we've all had those relationships where we look back and it's just like, you have that love for a person, but things the way they ended and you, you there's you don't know where to put the blame you feel sorry you're just confused and it was real it was raw and i think what was truly raw about it was jordan's face throughout it was that when the conversation first starts he did not know like the lengths it was going to go how deep it was going to go how how much she was going to reveal right there like on camera and you could see him just like going from like smiling to like taking a mental inventory of himself and like just seeing like, okay, I need to hug you right now. I need to take this very seriously. It's like, I still love you and so on and so forth. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. There's clearly still a lot of love there on both ends. Well, Um, and this is no spoiler, but we saw in like one of the promos, Tori getting really upset too in the future with Narice and Jordan in bed. Like I hate to like see such a real moment and appreciate it, but also be excited to see like turmoil later. I guess that's like the, the downside of reality TV, but that's a testament to what Zoe just said. There's still a lot of emotion there. Even if they've not seen each other for years, like that might even make it more strong because it's like, Whoa, this is so unresolved. I've had all this time to think about it and not have any closure. We're trying to do it here, but we also have to live in this hectic environment for, perhaps a month and a half more, two more months. Yeah. And a month and a half, two months in a challenge house is like six months to a year in real life. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. you're, there's no breaks. You see people get engaged in bachelor in paradise after like three weeks. Yeah. That's a long time. Things are going to get heavy. Uh, More to the lighter side of stuff though. Luke. (laughs) Fessy is jealous. (laughs) Um, So Laurel's hanging out with Horacio, which, you know, she might be in bed with Fessy just to have some fun, but I do think she's interested in Horacio. And even if it is just that fun, go, go Laurel. Um, but I think she's intellectually more into Horacio for sure. And Fessy's like, wait a second, all these girls and they can't have my attention, just run off to Horacio, like second rate person. And I'm like, whoa, you can't get mad at them for doing the same thing you do. Like you bounce around. So if they want to go around and talk to different guys, good on them. Also, maybe it's that Horacio is not as slutty as you. And they actually want from Horacio what they can get from you. And when they can't get it from Horacio, they're like, I'll settle for Fessy. No, I, Zoe, I thought the exact same thing. Because as, as I felt like Bananas was jealous of Fessy, Fessy's jealous of Horacio, he's just not aware. 
Like, dude, you're just, you're available. You're readily available whenever. He's not the second boyfriend. You're just the hookup slash side piece. Horacio is the guy they want to marry. Yeah, he wins. He wins in Fuck, Mary Kill for sure. <laughs> and can I just say, we said it last week too, I love Laurel as just a character. And she's not a character. She shows depth all the time, but like she knows how to come in and be really badass, but still have fun in the meantime. And a lot of time we see people come in and they're so focused on the game, they're boring. Not Laurel. She's going to have her fun. Well, she's crazy. She's legitimately crazy. And I love it. Like, yeah, that's that's all. I can't even qualify that with anything. Like, she is just a crazy girl. And she's great TV. She's a little awkward. She's a little bit of an awkward. She's a lot awkward. She's a lot awkward, but she will not acknowledge it. She just pushes further and further and further until that tension's bound to break or just get really awkward and somebody walks away. And I it's love funny, that. So, it's funny because, like, people still love her. Like, no matter how awkward she is, and she can be too much, and she can just go on too long, and she can't read social cues sometimes, <laughs> like, people still like her, but I do, but I think it's because, like, she is who she is. She's not changing who she is to fit in with different groups. People are like, that's just best Laurel, and you're either gonna uh, take it or leave it, and I don't think she's someone that you want on your bad side, but also, like, she doesn't mean... She, there's no malintent, so why not just accept her for who she is? Mm-hmm. I love her so much. Uh, we get to the elimination arena, and uh, Fessy, has, him and Mariah are wearing matching outfits, uh, all white jackets. Uh, they're really ridiculous. Um, they vote Johnny and Raven into elimination. Boom. We knew that was going to happen. They get to the draw. Tommy and Annalise pull the safe sword. Devastating. And can I just say, you know, taking out of account anything that I might have known about the outcome anyways, I really thought they were going to save Horacio and Olivia. Just because they're better connected in the house. I thought they were going to chicken out too because uh, they didn't want them to be mad at them and Neither team, even like Johnny and Raven, wouldn't have been mad going against Kim and Colleen. They would have been grateful. So they would have had two strong teams like protecting them. Um, I honestly loved it, though. And it's because it made for a good elimination. I was like, if any, if the other two teams go in, I don't think that's going to be a good elimination. But I was like, I'm excited to see this. And I'm excited to see the aftermath. Yeah. Well, because you could just see on everybody's faces that were down there, like, oh, like they lied to somebody. And it like, what a hindrance to their game this early on. I love watching the cast call out like, oh, sounds like Big Brother. Couldn't be Big Brother. Like, and Nani says, so Big Brother. As Casey's just standing there next to her, like just looking at her like, what? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I just love that he's saying that, like, just so loudly and vocally while her fucking girlfriend. The funny thing is, it's like, Casey is kind of the exception to that rule, though. Like, Casey is not the typical Big Brother person, so I think that's why Nani feels so comfortable just trashing Big Brother, because they're like, yeah. there's Big Brother, and then there's Casey. I, 
I will say, I, I also found it funny that uh, Fessy was like, oh, yeah, uh, rookies, y'all have to deal with this coming up in the challenge. I dealt with it. And I'm like, you were part of the Young Bucks, literally episode two. You only went to elimination because there was the skull twist, and they used you as a punishment for Jordan to, like, in a pull wrestle. That was the only reason you went in. You're like, they were like, they're like, oh, yeah, he's going to murder Jordan. Throw him yeah. in there. Like, you are not going through all these trials and tribulations your rookie season. Bessie, that is some revisionist history if I've ever heard some. The most traumatic experience was when Nani threw the noodles and he was like, is this what people do every season? Yeah, she does. <laughs> God, I love her. What a Buffalo Bills fan that is, Nani Gonzalez. Oh, I love her. Uh, <laughs> the elimination, though. It is Hall Brawl, but it is a variation of Hall Brawl. There are two levels. Instead of the traditional bell at the end, there is a pole in the middle where the players have to push their opponent, get to a certain checkpoint. Once they hit that checkpoint, their opponent, their teammate up top, whoever wins it will get a one-second advantage to then go against their other opponent. Um, and it's the best three rounds. It's a different format. And honestly, like after Double Agents, I was feeling very sick of Hall Brawl because we were getting a lot of bad Hall Brawls and just too many of them it's a good twist i like it it's something different i love a good hall brawl but i agree like seeing amber b versus amber whatever did nothing for me <laughs> like seeing big t in hall brawl does nothing for me so it was fun and i think if you have a pair elimination you can't just say all right line them up one by one because then it gets so convoluted so this is fun and i missed that the door opened a second earlier and I was I was here before like what a waste of an elimination but I guess it is an advantage if you are aware which you would assume people would be but we saw that they weren't from the jump yeah they recovered uh, first round goes and it's a heavyweight matchup between Horacio and Johnny collegiate soccer player versus collegiate football player going at it and I think the poll really did play an element in it because Horacio was able to push on that pole and then just push forward with his legs, figure out his stance, whereas if it was just straight on tackling, you would think the college football player would do better. Yeah, he couldn't just wrap him up. I thought I saw a little in that first round, just like a little bit of quit in Johnny. I, I felt like it was evenly matched, and then all of a sudden he just gave up. And I don't know if it was like thinking long term, I've got two more rounds of this, but I was like, mm, Horacio definitely has more heart. Oh, I would agree. And I, you know, I even think it goes back to people's original shows. Horacio's show, like, it's all athletics. Johnny's, he just had to be pretty and make somebody think that he liked them. And even on a second show, it was like drinking games that they played. It wasn't even like it was endurance or, like, strength-based. There there was also a critical difference where they weren't running on dirt. Yeah. They were running on, like, a more slippery platform. So once you got the momentum, we just saw people sliding and tripping a lot in this elimination. And I think that was part of it. Cause like once he had the momentum, it was just easy sledding. Um, it really did feel like uh, when you're at the gym and you're pushing the literal sleds, that's what it felt like a bit. And I got to say that first time they made impact together in the, when they met in the middle, that must've hurt so much. The, like the vibrations you, they felt versus like, cause th that pole has to be pretty sturdy not to break upon their impact with how fast they're going at each other. I, I can't imagine. This this elimination, I liked it. Yeah, the only thing I would change, which I told you guys before we started, is I wish one, one team won, they had to, like, climb up to their partner on the other side or something. Like, I, the door opening a second earlier, just in terms of watching it, I didn't love, because it was like, okay, that round ended, 
now we're going to wait. It just felt a little disjointed, but mm-hmm. it was a good way to do it with partners. After that first round, when Horacio wins the first half of the first round, uh, Olivia's door pops open and she's just like standing like, there with the door open. Like, am I supposed to run? Am I supposed to run? It's like, yes, you're supposed to run right now, Olivia. So her head start gets nullified. Um, but it was funny because that was a very total rookie moment of the challenge. That was just like, she just didn't know what to expect. Uh, she was able to get the win though because she was stronger. And and Raven doesn't tie her shoes. I, I don't think that made a difference truly in the scheme of things, but um, yeah, Raven has uh, problems with her shoes. Multiple rounds. Multiple yeah, rounds. into round two, and they start down there, and a Raven's shoes immediately come off again. And I'm like, girl, did you not? tie them like you just put them back on after the last round like, are you okay no she's not <laughs> okay maybe they thought that raven was going to be there it was the girl from whatever shore you thought whatever show luke said and she got a size too big that's the only explanation at this point for me because like she just got knocked out of her shoes uh olivia and horacio win that first round second round olivia once again clears raven it's a decent fight i mean it's not like she's doing terribly with no shoes but she's not doing great olivia's just better she's stronger um get into the mail round horacio goes at it he gets he takes that one second advantage way more than olivia did uh and is literally within inches away from winning he has johnny on like like maybe an inch away from completing it uh johnny then just starts putting his legs up against the wall to get some leverage and he pulls off a legitimately crazy comeback win. He just turned into the Hulk. And after the first round where I'm going like, where's his heart? Where's like, where's his drive? And I'm like, oh, there it is. Like he's back because he just went insane and just drove Horatio back. Like he was a five-year-old boy. Like Mm -hmm. that was crazy. We didn't see a lot of momentum shifts, but when they did happen, they were big and they were, fast yeah and part of me wonders if like johnny's heart wasn't there on the bottom because he knew that the top is what really mattered yeah i mean because even with the second head start like you can't clear the entire hall in one second like there's still some give there um i don't know i mean the second round was like a bit different where like in that first round process talking about Okay, I'm watching Johnny stance. His feet go this way when he goes for a push. I'm trying to measure it. Versus that last round, I just saw a different Johnny where he was literally just putting, creating the widest stance possible to make sure he couldn't get pushed back. And then once he did take his move, he propelled himself. So I did see a clear difference between those two rounds. Um, and then round three was just a clusterfuck where Horacio really, I mean, he dug deep. They went at it back and forth, opening Johnny. with Johnny yeah. tripping, but then catching himself getting Alita back, back and forth. Horacio wins his part of round three, and Olivia comes out like a bat out of hell. She was not as afraid and just immediately rocks the fuck out of Raven. I I don't like to use the word flung a lot, but she literally flung Raven. Yeah, it was... There was no competition. She just bowled her over. I actually... I expected Raven to, like, literally fall backwards and Olivia to trample her. Like, that's what it felt like. Was this the last round, or they have one more after this? This was the, la- the last, uh, the third round. Uh, and Raven literally threw the pull back, 
That's what I was going <laughs> to say. Olivia after she lost, which, like, I didn't even hate necessarily because um, it was one of those moments where, uh, like, if you get hit like that, you're just going to – you're going to react that way because you don't want to look like a punk. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't think she looked like a punk aside from her shoe situation. And I want I don't want to call that a rookie move. Like, what kind of idiot doesn't tie their shoes tightly? I think even Nelson called her out on that, which is you don't want Nelson calling you out on anything to do with thinking ever. No, you don't. I don't think Raven's head was totally in it. I think she was outmatched. Like I think Olivia is a better physical competitor than her, especially in a headbanger type situation. But I think that she was sick of being around Johnny, making out with Narice, and I think that she would have rather seen a different elimination where she felt like her skill set could have been utilized more. Like she was just outmatched physically by Olivia. There's, I don't think there's anything she could do to win that. I, I don't think Raven even did that. Like I, I think she would do well against most other people in this elimination. Olivia yep. is just a fucking beast. She's built well. You watch her stand next to. You. Rossi, you stand, you look at her stand next to Tommy when they get back to the arena, and you're like, she's about to put this dude in a fucking locker. She's going to stuff him in her backpack. Like, that's how, like, she's she's a beast. And it sucks to see Johnny and Raven go. I would actually really like to see Johnny come back because I think he is very good. Raven, take her or leave her. I don't know. Believe it or not, I would really like to see Raven come back too. And I'm I not did. a big fan of rookies, especially not from TV shows. In her few episodes, I was definitely impressed just by the way that she carried herself on camera and confessionals, the interactions she had. I think she has potential. Okay. I, I like her, but I just didn't think – I honestly just didn't think she would come back. I don't know why. I just didn't get that vibe. I want her to come back. I want there to be some options for her to hook up with and because I could totally see her. You remember X's too when people started hooking up? And, like, everyone just started out of spite hooking up with each other's partners. Like, yeah. that, I could see her having that kind of energy. Yeah. Uh, and Johnny, as he was leaving, doesn't even remember Narice. So he's obviously not that invested anyway. That was so funny. And he'd be like, take that out, take that out. I think if you say take that out, it is a keyword in any producer's ear to say, oh, that's staying in here. With your take that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oof. Darrell and Veronica come next week. Uh, we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, we've got to wrap up here. Olivia and Horacio, two elimination wins. I mean, after last week, I think people were upset they didn't get to really compete. This week, they're like, nope, we're just a legit team. I mean, two straight top three finishes in the daily challenges, a win like here. They are fantastic. They are they are blue bloods. Um, thank you for listening to this week's episode, everyone. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on Twitter at CF Confessionals. Uh, here on YouTube, hit the like, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, etc. Last thoughts? Let's keep it rolling. I'm a fan so far. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see Veronica and Rella, I guess, but especially Veronica. Same. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Have a great day.